Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Earth. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And I'm Buddy Wood. And this is episode six entitled The Journey. In episode five, we talked about Abram and the religious culture of Ur where he spent his youth. We shared some stories that are found in Jewish writings about young Abram and mentioned the astounding impact that one man has had on our planet. The fact that half the people on the earth profess to be be a believer in one of the three Abrahamic religions. This is episode 6 and will coincide with chapter 5 of the book Remnants of Ur, entitled The Journey. So last week we talked about Ur and mainly focused on the religious culture. Ur was a shining example of a well-organized and very prosperous civilization. As we mentioned last week, it is thought to be the first civilization on the planet Earth. I just want to talk about racism in Ur. The Sumerians, which was the southern part of Mesopotamia, which included Ur, were a very proud people. They were a fair-skinned people, and they considered themselves superior to other dark-skinned neighbors in other surrounding civilizations. And the practice of incest was encouraged because they wanted to keep the bloodline pure. So often men would marry their nieces. And as we'll see later in Abram's family, that's what was happening. So King Shulgi built the wall to keep out the Amorites and the Elamites. The Amorites were a Semitic-speaking people that often traveled through Canaan and then came to Mesopotamia. They were nomadic herdsmen. They would often come into Mesopotamia and camp around the rural areas. They were beginning to flood into the area when King Shulgi put up the wall because he wanted to stop. For one thing, the Amorites, they considered them unclean because they were nomadic herdsmen living in tents. And another thing is they served different gods. They served the gods uh, of Canaan. And the Elamites, they were a people that were east of Ur in what is now modern-day Iran. And they were always a military threat. So King Shulgi put up the fence, or the wall, to keep mainly those two groups of people out. Abraham's family, uh, his the dad's name is Terah, like we spoke about last week. And in the Jewish writings, they make him out to be a very wicked man who is an idol maker. But the Bible doesn't mention any of that. That is just only in Jewish folklore. The Bible does say, though, that Terah had three sons, Haran, Naor, and Abram, and a daughter named Sarai. And it is written that Abraham's older brother, Haran, died in Ur. After that, Abraham married his half-sister, Sarai, and Naor married his niece, Haran's daughter, Milka. After that, the Bible says that Terah took Abram, Sarai, and Lot and headed for Canaan. Why? The Bible doesn't say. 
what uh, what would make Terah want to leave his his nice home? The citizens of Ur had brick homes, and Terah had a lot of cattle, so we know he was probably on the outskirts of town in a very big home. So what would make him want to leave his home and leave his older son, Naor, behind and become a tent-dwelling nomad? Seeking the Most High God, El, might have been one of the reasons— since they had cattle and they were probably situated near the pasture, the Amorites coming through with their flocks, I'm sure they had interaction with them, and they probably told stories of their god, El, in Canaan. That may have been an influence, or it could have been that they were becoming refugees. Right, yeah. The Elamites had found that they could breach the wall, simply walk around it. Yeah. And they attacked Ur and sacked the temple and removed the moon god. Yes. And they inhabited Ur for quite a few years. Right. So it's very possible he could have either been seeking God himself. He'd heard about El, who was the Canaanite god. So he's either was seeking God or he was, uh, you know, wanting to get away from the blood sacrificial religions that were where he was employed or perhaps... He was simply fleeing, keeping his family safe from these invaders. Right. Yeah. The Bible does not say. We can only, we can only imagine speculate. by looking at history and seeing what was going on yeah. during the time. Yeah. The reason that I wanted to share what I discovered from researching the cultural aspects of Ur is that as we study the life of Abraham, it is apparent that he kept many of the beliefs practices, and prejudices of Ur. Abraham is a great example of how you can take the man out of a culture, but it is difficult to take the culture out of the man. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, and that's true with us today. As yeah, you know, I mean, Coming you... out of Christianity was very difficult, really, to shed yeah. some of the thinking that we had been taught. That's true. Even though we had quit going to church, we still had a lot of that thinking ingrained in us. It took a long time to, to get rid of it. Yeah. So according to the Bible, during their travels to Canaan, Abraham's family made it to a city named Haran. It's a city in northern Mesopotamia, and they settled there for quite some time. It may have been that they had relatives there, or maybe Terah felt a kindred spirit with the city. Haran was the name of Terah's deceased eldest son. And it's interesting that the patron god of the city was also the moon god Nana. So maybe the religious culture just felt familiar and comfortable. Who knows? But what we do know is that in Haran, Abram had an encounter with God, and this is where the journey begins. In the 12th chapter of Genesis, it is written that God spoke to Abram while living in Haran with his father. Abram was instructed to get out of his country and from his kindred and from his father's house unto a land that God would show him. God promised to make Abraham a great nation to bless him, and to make his name great. God further promised to bless those that bless Abram and curse those that curse him. Lastly, God said that all families of the earth 
would be blessed because of Abram. That is an interesting promise because that means God wanted to lead Abram to a place where he could shine God's love to the world. Oh, yeah. And all families of the earth would be blessed because of him. This was the great plan, and this is where it was lined out. Abram had some things to do. He needed to get out of his country, get away from his father's house. So the significance of his interaction with God, here Abram is leaving a culture of polytheism where the gods were visible because of idols, and now he's transitioning into a spiritual relationship with a single invisible entity that he recognized as the one true God. The beauty of the story of Abram is that he talked to God like God was another individual having a discussion with him face-to-face. It is our example of how Abraham truly believed that a God existed and can interact with humans. And when he arrived in Canaan, Abraham began to refer to God as El Enyon, the Most High God. Interestingly, the Canaanites' main deity was named El and was known as the creator of heaven and earth. So as Abraham enters Canaan, he finds some pretty significant differences compared to Ur. The terrain is mostly desert. The culture is much more primitive. And uh, the people are a mix of nomadic herdsmen and some permanent communities. In addition to having different gods than Ur, the Canaanite religion was different in that they had a reputation for sacrificing children to their gods. In Ur, family and children were highly valued. Ur was a much more civilized society than Canaan. In Genesis chapter 12, it is written that the Lord appeared unto Abram and promised to give his seed the land of Canaan. So now we are seeing more than just an invisible God interacting with a spiritual Abram. And it results in Abram building an altar and performing blood sacrifice to the God that appeared to him. This is the first time that we see Abraham practicing religion like he had learned in Mesopotamia during his youth. And as he traveled around Canaan, he ended up building altars and sacrificing in every place in which he camped, according to the Bible, which is probably tied to his attempts to please God and positively affect his circumstances. Life was not easy for Abraham in Canaan. Here's a man who set out on a spiritual journey, believing that he had heard from God, who gave him great promises, and what he finds is exactly the opposite. Instead of finding a promised land, Abraham found an untamed land full of barbarians. The land was hostile that he and his seed were supposed to possess. There were no heirs because his wife was barren, and then a horrible drought was coming upon the region. Of course, Abram would resort. It makes sense to me that Abram would resort to blood sacrifice because he had learned during his youth that it is the way to please a deity. Abraham sought God to find answers, and God finally did answer with a covenant. Now, I just want to say that the story of Noah 
was the first passage in the Bible that God showed me as to how he has attempted to communicate with man about how to treat the animals. The story about Abram's covenant and nightmare is the second passage that God showed me, and we will talk about that on our next episode. Do you have any final thoughts? You know, I do have some final thoughts. You know, what's, what's interesting to me about Abraham is the, the fact that he heard from God. And even though Noah heard from God and obeyed God, Abraham had a conversation with God. And that is, that's where I get it. You know, and I remember in, in the last episode, we kind of ended with hearing the still small voice of God and how it's important to listen because it's so easy to miss. And the consequences of missing that can be detrimental. Boy, and I've learned that firsthand. And I want nothing more than to be able to be in tune and to hear that voice so that you're walking with God. You know, God said, follow me. You're my son. Well, in order to follow God, you got to be in tune. And, and, And so it's so important. So Abraham heard from God and was willing to follow God, leave everything behind that he knew, leave his family, his culture, everything that was familiar to him, because he was hearing from God, and he wanted to, hey, this is pretty cool. I'm hearing from, from the Most High God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with him, and I'm going to go on this journey with him because that's what he's calling me to do. You know, and people might think he's crazy. I know that when I started to carry the cross, I told my family what I was going to do. And they said, oh, no, you don't. You're not walking through Montrose, Colorado with that cross on your shoulder. (laughs) So I didn't go see my family. I avoided that part. And it was way out of the way to go anyway. So cool. (laughs) But in the sense that Abram left everything he had, I can relate to him in that sense because I did the same thing when I carried that cross. I had worked so hard to have what little bit I had, and God said, okay, give that up and follow me, carry that cross across the United States. But the thing is, I had been in communion with God since the time I gave my heart to him. And when I say communion with God, I mean I'm having interaction. I'm hearing his voice And it started before I give my heart to God. It started right after God set me free from when God delivered me from my addictions. And it was, I can remember it, it was on a Wednesday night. I was sitting outside that little church in my truck, and I told God, I said, I want to give my heart to you. I want to give my life to you. I I want to serve you, you know, because I was just so thankful. And God let me know at that moment, it'll cost you everything. This ain't a free ride. If you want to serve me, you got to give it all up. All of your dreams, all of your hopes, all of your ambitions, and then you can follow me. You know, I thought to myself, game on, let's go. I'm willing to do that. And so I walked into that church and interrupted their service. <laughs> they was all singing and being happy and, and, and praising God, and I interrupted and I said, I want to give my heart to God. <laughs> I probably didn't need to do that, but, you know, that's what I thought I needed to do. And so that's what I did. So this is what really blows my mind. And yesterday we got to thinking about it and talking about it. 
Here it is 4,000 years later from the time that Abraham took off on his journey with the Most High God. 4,000 years later, we can have and do have the same relationship with God today. You know, and God is timeless. Um, I think the Bible says somewhere that like a thousand years is like one day to God. That is amazing. And what's even more amazing is we are getting, we're entering into what Christ said. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is here. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.